Weekly Signals, every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Join me, Mike Casper, and Nathan Callahan for the best in reality-based radio. That's Weekly Signals. Check out the website at weeklysignals.com. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good evening. This is KUCI at 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming live at www.kuci.org. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and Mari Frank is your host. She's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional and author of several books regarding privacy and identity theft. You can learn more at identitytheft.org. To learn more about this radio show, please visit our website at www.kuci.org slash privacy piracy. Good evening, Mari. Good evening. Well, we have a wonderful guest joining us from Missouri. Sitting on the campus of the University of California, people are thinking about getting jobs. And when they're thinking about getting jobs, they're also thinking about recruiters. And in this day and age, with privacy and social networking sites, there's a lot of issues. So I'm so excited that we're going to be talking with Van Allen I'll tell you a little bit about his background. Van is CEO of Timeline Recruiting, a physician recruiting firm based in Columbia, Missouri, and it's part of the Maxim Healthcare Services Network of Companies. Van Allen, who has more than 15 years' experience in medical practice management and physician recruiting, launched Timeline Recruiting back in 1999 to provide high-quality consultative recruitment services for hospitals, clinics, and private practices located in underserved communities across rural America. Founded on the belief that families are best served by medical professionals that become part of a community, Timeline's approach, matching the best available doctors to meet the specific needs of a community, was embraced from the start as a welcome change from the industry norm. Now, Timeline did such a great job and had become very reputable. Timeline Recruiting was acquired by Maxim Health Services a few years ago. Now, Van is still CEO of Timeline Recruiting, and now it is part of Maxim Healthcare Services Network of Companies. We thank you so much, Van, for joining us all the way from Missouri. Absolutely. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. So describe exactly what you do in this organization. You know, we are a retained physician recruiting firm, we basically assist hospitals and clinics on a national basis and help them source candidates for their opportunities. And as you just alluded to, I would say the lion's share of, of our of our business comes from, I hate to use the word rural, but more, you know, aggressive communities, smaller communities, towns of 50,000 or less, towns that, um, you know, are trying to recruit the same caliber physician that Irvine or San Diego or St. Louis or Kansas City is trying to recruit. We assist those guys in in, uh, in sourcing candidates for their opportunities. Right. So background checks are really important. Why don't you tell us about why it is so important for Timeline Recruiting to delve into the background of these potential candidates? Well, obviously, our number one, first and foremost, would probably be our reputation. We've... Uh, you know we've we've risen to where we are because we've hopefully done a really good job for these for these hospitals and clinics across the country and 
you know, our reputation is online every time we submit a candidate to a hospital or a clinic, and um, the last thing we want is for that hospital to have one of our candidates show up to, to work and not really represent my recruiter, our company, um, the way that we would that we would want it represented. And, yeah, I'd like to think pretty much every firm does the same thing, I'm not sure, but uh, I'd like to think that, that we all really dig in and, and delve into the background of, of every candidate. If you think about the investment that a hospital or a clinic makes, I mean, it's, it's to the tune of, I mean, it can be as high as $100,000, $80,000 just to recruit one physician for their opportunity. And, you know, they want to make a good, sound investment in the product, which the product in this case is, a, is the physician candidate. And uh, so we want to make sure that they're getting quality candidates that don't have any ghosts in their closets six months after they get there. The, the CEO doesn't want egg on their face and trying to explain to the board of directors or, or the physicians that currently work for them why they spent 60000 plus on a, on a physician that, uh, that may not be what, what uh, was represented originally. And, it, and, you know, I have actually spoken with physicians and attorneys and other professionals who were victims of identity theft, mm-hmm. meaning that other people applied for positions, even physician positions, using the background of another person. So it is really important that you, if you're going to recruit and you want to make sure that you're really getting a real doctor, a real MD, so tell us about some of the tools that you use to screen these applicants. Wow, we have so many, and we have a whole team of folks that 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 work at Timeline, and that's their you know that's their mission every day is to is to get up and get out of bed and 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 kind of peel back the layers of of these physician candidates. We use a variety of tools. Um, some are tools that everybody has access to, and and some are things that we just cut get a little creative and and kind of hopefully. Uh, Maybe use some things that that aren't available to everybody else. But you know, we use Google. We use um, we get on things like MySpace and Facebook, and um, we don't legally we can't look at the National Practitioner Data Bank. It's uh, unless you directly hire a physician, such as a hospital or a clinic, or even a what we call locum tenens, which is a, a contract uh, organization. They're the only ones that can truly have access to uh, that clearinghouse information, which that houses information such as malpractice history. Things like license suspensions, um, license revoked, a variety of, of what we call blemishes on that, that candidate. Um, we don't have access to that, but every hospital and clinic does. So the, the, the background check that we use uh, or that we conduct is, is as thorough as we can possibly be. And, and then we kind of pass the torch on to the hospital and say, we believe we've got a good candidate, but you need to continue to do some of the additional things that you, that, that, that you have available, some of the tools you have available to you that we don't. Um, Let me ask you a question, Van. Um, You know, for example, for the bar, for the State Bar of California, if you want to look up an attorney, you can see if they're on probation, you can see if they're disbarred. Um, Don't a lot of the, uh, like the California Medical Bureau, don't they have that as well, that you can look up the different physicians and see if they are actually... Uh, still licensed to practice, isn't that on there you as can. well? You can. Every state's a little bit different within, with respect to their to their information and how much they're willing to volunteer and uh, and put out into the, the WWW. Right. But, um, yeah, I would say, by and large, most states have, <clears throat> excuse me, come around and and agreed that, you know, this this information should be made public and should be made available to the, the patient population. Um, 
there's some that kind of still hold that information closely to their chest. But yeah, for the most part, you can you can do a little background information your, on your on your own and and see if you've got somebody that's you know. And you got to be careful with that because you know somebody could have their license suspended literally for not for not maybe doing their medical records on time. That doesn't make them necessarily a bad physician. It may make them a little bit irresponsible, but may not necessarily mean they're a bad technician or even a bad person. And if they do it so many times, whatever the bylaws are for that particular hospital, they may get have their 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 privileges suspended, and that gets posted on the uh, on the National Practitioner Data Bank, the NPDB, as we call it. Right. And um, so, yeah, there's a there's there's tools out there for even the general public to get out and see if you know, see if they're seeing a person that's actually a doctor or you know a quack or right, you know, right. make sure they're seeing a, a real physician. So you ha- tell us more about how you use the internet and how long you've been using it. Wow. Well, you know, most of these social networking sites probably came around in I think like Facebook or MySpace. Maybe MySpace came around in '03, and so that's pretty much when we started really digging into some of the the sites like Facebook and, and MySpace. But even prior to that, we were, you know, we were tapping into things like Google and Google and names and seeing what they're connected to and it's it's just mind-boggling what you know what people do when they're in college when they're in high school and and things that come back to and it doesn't happen a lot that's the good news it's, we're not talking about something that's rampant especially in the in the, the field that I'm that I recruit in but you know there are cases where you where you have something that pops up and you know you have to go confront the physician over the phone and say hey let me tell you what I found I need some help Right. Because that doesn't mean we, we disqualify that candidate. It just means I need an explanation because I've got to go to bat for that candidate to the hospital CEO or the clinic administrator and and say, here's what I found. Here's their explanation. You make the call. Because I'm not doing the hiring. I'm just, I'm basically a conduit between the candidate and the hospital or the clinic. Right. And I think it's really helpful to let them know that something is out there because Sometimes if you apply for a job, I I helped a guy who actually was in the medical field, believe it or not. This was years ago. And he kept, um, he was laid off from a job. He he had done very, very well. He was earning six figures. And uh, he was laid off from a job. And then he thought, well, this won't be a problem. I've had good performance evaluations. I'll get a job. Well, he couldn't get a job. And he didn't understand why he couldn't get a job. And and he, according to federal law, you're supposed to authorize a background check. Well, what happened with him was in the public records, his name and Social Security were mixed up with someone who killed his girlfriend. So here he was considered a murderer. And believe it or not, even though under federal law, if you decide not to hire someone based on a background check, you have to tell them why, okay? And, sure. and And they have a right to see that source. Well, no one ever did that. Instead, what they would do is they would just say someone else was better qualified. And so he never knew until I ended up helping him, and he found out that his name and his social were confused in a database, and so he was deemed a murderer. And there's wow. Way. wow. Yeah, it was it was a, a very terrifying situation. So, what happens with all of these things that are on the internet? We don't know how really accurate it is, do we, Dan? No, you really don't. And and that's why when we when we uncover something, we have to go to that candidate. And I mean, it's it's a it's a very genuine, real conversation that basically goes like this: Hey, you got to help me. I I just uncover this. Is this you? If it is. 
talk to me, help me out. And, you know, we get, I mean, it's not just the social networking sites. It's everything from, I was an alcoholic when I was in college and I was treated and, and I've been clean for, for 10 years. Right. You know, there's, it's, it's, it's a myriad of, of things, blemishes that show up and, you know, they're, they're humans just like everybody else. They're not, they're not God. They're, they're just like us. And, um, they, uh, they make mistakes. And, but the good news about the, you know, the flip side of, of these social networking sites is people are starting to use them to their advantage and building an entire case about themselves, a positive case, you know, things they do in terms of, you know, some of their fundraising events and some of the things they do for the community and some of the, the free care they've, they, they've given. And, you know, just, and really pictures could, of that, maybe yeah, pictures of going absolutely. to Africa and helping children. Right. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of good things you can do with these sites. It's not just bad. And that's so great that you're saying this because here we are. Although we have business people that drive by and business people and privacy people that listen to our show, you know, we're sitting here on a campus where students get into those. I mean, that's part of their life, going on Friendster or MySpace or Facebook, and they utilize it and they should realize the the dangers and also the opportunities sure yeah there's uh there's obviously the the dark side and you got to be careful the, the unfortunate you know I'm, i don't think i'm that old but uh but facebook and you know in myspace and some of these other sites they're they're a little past my time i you know I, we didn't have access to that when i was in high school in 1983 and 84 so when we were at a party and a picture was taken, it was destroyed after it was developed at the, you know, at the local Gibsons or Walmart, wherever right, we, you know, wherever right. we went, and it was gone. You never saw it again. Now, it's it digital. On, yeah, it's <laughs> digital. Not only is it digital, it is on. It's it's a record for life. Exactly. And, and so anything you say, anything that's, you know, I literally just came into the restaurant and I I had a gal here. And I was telling her about this interview I was just doing, and she said, oh, my goodness. She said, my son, who's 16 years old, was at a function with my best friend. And I just found out she took those pictures and put them on Facebook, and now they're everywhere. Yes. And she said, oh, my goodness, what do I do? And I said, why? That's, I mean, that's the, that's the downside to this, to this uh, technology. Right. Even so, if you take yeah. these down, they're archived mm, somewhere, which is really dangerous, and you don't know who copied. I mean, it is a good idea to, to write to to Facebook and, you know, make sure that you get somebody to take it down if you want to take it down. But the problem is you don't know who else has copied it. And think about YouTube. What if you went to a party and you were acting stupid or yeah. you were drinking too much and somebody videoed you with a, with a cell phone and then they uploaded it to YouTube? There you go. And, and then it gets copied yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, and, and it's, it, it can literally just... It could, I wouldn't say it could destroy you, but it can certainly... There could be some serious cleanup on aisle three for a while. You yes. Know, it's, it's just a, it's a bit of a... It's, yeah, it's and, you know, I know, and I'm sure for some of these, I think you had a, a story in, in one of the articles that I read that you wrote about somebody who um, who really wasn't able to get a job. You confronted her. We want to tell, you don't have to tell who it is or anything, sure. but maybe tell that story so people who are listening will get a clear idea of how well, this can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Mike. There's been a few of them, and and that's the good news. There's only been a few, and this is of years of doing this. But um, I I got approached by one of my recruiters who conducted the background check along, you know, in conjunction with the uh, the the department that does that. And they came and said, "Man, what do you want to do with this situation? I got a I got a female who was at a party her senior year in college before med school, and there's pictures on the web, and she's got her she's got her T-shirt up." Right. And, and exposed, and how do I handle this? So we literally approached 
the canon. We always let them help us problem solve this. Right. Because we make a living place in physicians. Now, we want to make a living place in quality, competent physicians. And just because someone makes one mistake, we don't feel like that rules them out for life. Right. Um, Everybody but, deserves a second chance. Absolutely. <laughs> the problem is, is, you know, you've got CEOs whose neck is on the line every day. And the last thing they want is, you know, someone in the community to walk up to the hospital and say, here, take a look at this picture. This is Dr. So-and-so right. that we just found. Um, how do you feel about that hiring out? So they're, they're, they're a little skittish and you know, a, little, a little scared out there. So we have, to, we have to approach them. So, yeah, that was one. I, we've got ways of taking a look at some, some folks' buying patterns, books they purchase. Um, we can take a look at a lot of different things. And... Um, now that's kind of scary. Tell me about that. So yeah. you know, I mean, what if somebody um, is it through credit card companies or is it through like Amazon that you see yeah. what they bought? There I mean, now what if somebody used my Amazon account? Like you know, my kids. I have uh, kids who are in their twenties, and what if they use my account to order books that are different than mine? You know, I have a million privacy books. Sure. Everybody knows that I'm a privacy professional right. because they're going to see every kind of privacy and technology book that I Absolutely. buy. Absolutely. But how do you do that? Well, I can remember. I, there's, it wasn't that long ago, probably a year and a half ago, and we had a, we had a physician who, we had to approach over the phone and say, "Look, tell me about this." And this particular physician had a, a keen interest and had bought many books on, believe it or not, witchcraft and sorcery and and, and all these. Now that's things. rural America's not going to like that. There you go. <laughs> and so, and and this physician said, you know, that's. That's just something that I'm, I'm intrigued by, and I've got an interest. And of course, we have to let that physician know. You do realize I've got to, you know, I've got a fiduciary responsibility to the opportunity. I've got to let them know what I've, what I've uncovered. And that was enough for the CEO to say, you know, I'm going to have to pass on that one. I love the training. I love, you know, I love their background. Other than that, and so you know, there's certain things that can come back to haunt them. That doesn't mean that person won't be able to find an opportunity that that uh, they're received and, and accepted in, but. We couldn't. We couldn't. Well, that's pretty scary. I mean, I understand when you're looking. You know, I mean, I I think that there's, you know, the law has not really caught up with all the technology. I think that there are some real issues. Like if you, you know, if you're a candidate, you authorize a background check and a credit report, right? I mean, by law, you have to do that. That's that you to get a consumer report on someone, you have to authorize it. Right. And um and then. If you, like I said, if you're denied, you have a right to see that. So how, that isn't really what applies to um, to necessarily when someone does a Google search. No. You know, and that, I think that's going to change, and that may change even the way you do business. It, 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 and it possibly could. You know, the, you just alluded to the, uh, the release form. We have every physician that we're working with. They have to, before we even launch a search for them and, and, and engage with them, they sign what we call a signature, signature to release form. Oh, and on that form, I mean, it's got everything. Their social, their driver's license, date of birth, you name it, every alias, they, alias they've gotten. Right. And, um, and in that, on that document, I mean, it basically says we can do whatever we want. Okay, so and, they're authorizing you oh, to do that. Yeah, yeah, they have to. We, we just can't especially in this field. I mean, you're dealing with human life on a daily basis, and right. the last thing I, I, I need is, you know, nothing wrong with a, it's, you know, electrical engineers and things like that, that that are recruited on a daily basis, accountants. 
those are all very, very important positions. Right, they and they have fiduciary them. duties. Absolutely, but they don't touch lives like the people I recruit. Right. I mean, these are people that touch an entire community and the extended community on a daily basis, so I've got to make sure. Um, and I only get one shot. You know, if I, if I burn that bridge, right. I'm done. I don't get that. that. That client's done with me right. for life. Right, it's your reputation. Sure, yeah, so I've got to make sure that we do a... Really and that's good. Job. I mean, so so they are authorized, but so anything that comes up, you immediately go right to oh, to, to the candidate and talk to them about it. Yeah, and I'll tell you, we also, the, the other thing that I, I, you know, is kind of a misnomer. I think people think we just kind of handpick who we're going to do this. Every single candidate gets the same treatment. It's, you know, we're no respected person. Everybody, doesn't matter what the gender is, what the race, um, we conduct... You know, we conduct a terrorist background check on every single candidate, every candidate. We have an outside company that does this, and a third party that conducts criminal background checks, financial right. background checks, right. tips, see if they're on the watch list. I mean, we do all this on every candidate. We have to, you know, right. to, to make sure that we're, we're covering all of our bases. It's actually a blessing for the candidate because then they know what's out there. Sure. I mean, you know, they come to you and, and you're trying to help them and you're also trying to help the company. And you're like you said, you're the go-between trying to make something work. But, I mean, it really is important because I think I've had, as, as one who deals with identity theft victims, I have dealt with so many people who have really been hurt. A teacher who found out someone got a job, a teaching job, using her identity and her social and then, of course, that is going to reflect on her reputation. I myself, I don't know if you know this, Van, but back in 1996, there was a woman parading as an attorney parading as me. Wow. Okay? Amazing. And, um, I mean, this has happened with attorneys. It's happened with judges. It's happened with doctors. I actually wrote an article about this for uh, American Physician Magazine and California Physician Magazine about these kinds of issues because we've actually had doctors who have been victims of identity theft. And you can imagine oh what this is like and what this would do even to the recruiter. If, you, if you've got a social and you think you're dealing with one person, that's a good question. Like, how do you how do, you do this so you make sure that the well, person who's saying, sure. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Joe Smith and I'm, you know, I went to UVA Medical School right. and I graduated in 1975... <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, what? How do you do that to well, make sure you know, that the person... so many, and, and not unlike, you know, your training where you did undergrad and then law school and sat for the bar and, and so on and so forth. You know, physicians, you, if you really think about what they go through and what they subject themselves to, they you know, they do undergrad, then they do medical school, then they do a, Resident, most, a yeah. rotating internship, then they do a residency, then they right. may go do a fellowship, then they may do a sub-fellowship. Right. Then <laughs> they, they decide they're going to get a, you know, an op- a job when they're 32, 33 years old. Right. I mean, you're talking about 12 years of just so many so many stops along the way that if there's a hole in there, if, there's, if I can shoot a hole in it, I will, and we will, and I teach my, my staff how to do that. It's just hard to... It's hard to lie for 12 years. You can hide a year of stuff, and I'm not saying that it can't be done, but wow, you've got to be really, right. really good to pull that off. Well, if they find a resume, you know, this is what happened. I had a guy who called me who was, this is right, actually this was way back when, uh, the year 2000, he was doing Y2K consulting, and someone had, from this university where he worked, had stolen his resume and was using that to get into Homeland Security and do some, yeah. So, I mean, do you ask questions of the candidates besides looking over their credit report and their whatever? Well, we spend so much time, and it's not just the, 
You know, it's not just the, the paper the, stuff. Yeah, it's not the paper stuff. I mean, you know, I get eight, ten professional references, and I ask everything from clergy to, you know, and, and a variety of people from all different places where they've lived. Do you get a picture of them, too? Sometimes, you know, people are uncomfortable with sending their pictures. But, you know, eventually they're going to have to show up at my opportunity. And they're going to probably interview two, three times. So not only do they get my, you know, my... Uh, my background check, they're, they're also going to get this hospital, which is even more in-depth than mine. Right. The hospital is going to conduct the same search and same background check, and they may not do everything that I do based on the size of the hospital. If it's a you know, sure. little community hospital, 30-bed hospital, they may not right. do everything I do. But if they're going to a community of 50,000 where it's a 120-bed hospital, I can guarantee you that hospital is going gonna, is gonna to tear it apart pretty good. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would really strongly suggest that you get a picture electronically so that you can, because we did find out about a doctor and a lawyer who um, did such a great job in, in really pretending to be another person, but then the pictures didn't match right. from, like, the high school oh, wow. and college graduation. Oh, is that right? Wow. Yeah, so you never know. I mean, people, you've got these social engineers out there. I mean, we've had... On our show, I don't know if you know Kevin Mitnick, but he, he wrote the book, The Art of Deception, and he was a ID thief. Wow. <laughs> and he was a, a FBI hacker, and he told us, you know, you can be so charismatic and still be a, a thief. It's, uh, it's, I don't mean to scare you, but... No, and, you know, the other, here's the biggest, here's the biggest check and balance, is eventually, you know, they can, they can go through all of the deception and, and the lies and, and misleading folks, but at some point... Yeah, they've got to put a pair of scrubs on and walk into that OR, right. or they got to walk into that, you know, whatever their specialty is, right. and they've got to perform as a physician. Yeah, and you and I both know that's yeah, that's not like, uh, right. you know, that's not being a bartender. Especially I mean, if you're going to say you're a surgeon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't get, want a heart surgeon. Who's, well, no, you know, I mean you're going to get exposed the first time you perform a surgery. I mean you got yeah. three nurses standing around there. You've yeah. got techs and. You know, I mean, it's it's you might get you might get your sign-on bonus. You might even get your first month of uh, a salary. But I don't think it's going to take too long before people figure out this guy is a fake. Right. It's it's a highly qualified profession. Sure. There's no question about it. Yeah. We're speaking with Van Allen, who is the CEO of Timeline Recruiting, which is a physician recruiting firm in Columbia, Missouri, and it's part of Maxim Healthcare Services network of companies. And he's been doing this for more than 15 years. You know, um, Van, I just, I think it's fascinating what you do, but do you ever find that something actually surprises you when you do this? You know, of course, I've, I'm, I'm kind of jaded, so there's not a whole lot that surprises <laughs> me at, at my age, but, uh, you know, nothing. I mean, it, you know, I was your, your basic college kid, too, that that had a lot of fun, and, um and so I remember my days back when I was in school and probably wasn't as responsible as I should have. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is when you're, when you're that age, and this isn't to uh, set myself as I'm some old, old geezer. But well, I'm older than you, so don't <laughs> worry about it. You're still young. But, you know, at that age, you know, you're, you're infallible. There, there's no such thing as mortality. There's, there's nothing but the here and now. There's, you know, 10 years from now it doesn't even count. And we all processed information that way as a kid. And, and a whole, things haven't changed a whole lot. You know, we still do. The only difference is now you've got things like the Internet where things become a permanent record yes. forever and ever and yes. ever, unlike when I was a kid. Right. And um, so, no, there's not a whole lot that surprises us. We, you know, occasionally, like I've cited a couple examples for you, and you know, that doesn't surprise me that, you know, somebody had too much to drink one night and did things that they wish they wouldn't have done in front of a, 
front of a camera and a digital camera at that, and mm-hmm. and 15 minutes later it's uploaded on the web. Right. You know that just that kind of thing doesn't surprise me, and it doesn't surprise me either that there's physicians out there that do so many great things because they're great people. They got into that field because they they truly love caring for people, and um, you know my brother's in the healthcare field, and I mean he is. I mean, he's a caretaker, and that's they're wired that way, and they love it, and they that's why they got in it, not to make a bunch of money. They make money, but it's, that's not the, for the most part, it's not their motivator why they got into that field. They got into it because they truly love the, the human anatomy. They love the idea of, of helping folks. And um, so by and large, those that doesn't surprise me either. They, that's the reason they got into it, and that's what they continue to do is, is help folks all across America. Right. So did you ever find, and this, this happened to an engineer that I, that I know, um, and he had come to me for some privacy issues, but he um, apparently didn't tell the truth on all of his resume. I mean, it was very, very close to the truth, but it wasn't 100% the truth in terms of his resume. Do you ever come across something like that? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can give you an example of a physician I'll just say the state of Texas, and it was the state of Texas. Okay. Um, a physician that I worked with, and there was a hole in on the on the CV, the curriculum vitae and resume, and the it was one year that there was a hole, and I asked the physician, "So tell me about nineteen something and nineteen something." And right. He said, "Well, I had a little run-in with the law," and I said, "Okay." I said, can you explain? He said, well, it really wasn't that big a deal. I just felt like I needed to take some time off, spend some, get back with my family, get reunited. Was it turned out, literally three weeks before this candidate was, uh, was interviewing, he was in an adult bookstore. Uh-huh. As he was in the adult bookstore, it was raided huh. by the feds. Yeah. It was raided by the feds because they had been tipped off that they had child pornography uh... in this. Now, the physician's position was he wasn't looking at that stuff. It was right. just in there, and he just happened to be in there at the same time. It was right. raided. And that's not illegal to go Not in illegal, there. absolutely. Right. it's a First Amendment right. Absolutely. So what he was doing legally was not wrong, but he was caught up in this raid. Right. And it was just an absolute nightmare. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's... You know, there's situations that, and I can't even, I can't get on with the phone with any client and explain that one away. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much he's on his own and good luck. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, they're not going to let me bring that candidate in, probably. Yeah, but, you know, again, that's, that that is a First Amendment, right? I mean, Absolutely. we even have that with, you know, um, Kaczynski, the um, appellate chief justice here in the Ninth Circuit, who had a private website that was had some adult pornography, no child pornography, and somebody, one attorney who didn't like him, happened to get in there and expose that. Long story short, you know, the judge was actually presiding on a case of of pornography. <laughs> and there's this big brouhaha going on about it, but the reality is, you know, for a judge, they're not supposed to have an appearance of impropriety, and I would think for for a physician, they're not supposed to have an appearance of impropriety. So there's appearances as well as actuality, right? Yeah, you know, the old perception is reality. Um, you know, is is so true so many times. And but you know, I take you back to my original comment, and that is, you know, I'm I'm such a second, third, fourth chance kind of guy, and. Um, but you're I, not in charge of what um, the, the hospital. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing about recruiting firms, and this goes not just for Timeline, but for any firm. We don't we don't make the ultimate decision. We are simply 
the conduit. We're simply the person that, you know, we're, we're in a relay, relay race, and we're just passing batons back and forth, and that baton just happens to be the candidate. But ultimately, the, the decision has to be made by the opportunity, not by us. We simply provide a lot of detailed, thorough information so that they can make what we think is an intelligent decision. Now, that's not just in the form of what we call cover letters and in the form of their, their curriculum vitae and their, their background check information, which is two or three pages. Um, they also are going to go visit this community two or three times, and then that hospital is going to conduct you know, their background check. So they, they're scrutinized pretty heavily by the time that hospital, not us, the hospital ultimately or the clinic makes the offer to them. Yes. You know, I know of a law firm that interviewed a, a woman lawyer who had graduated college and, and from a top-notch law school, and they were ready to make her an offer. I mean, they loved her. She was interviewed by 10 different attorneys, and um, the law firm was ready to make an offer, and then somebody went online to Facebook and uh, saw some pictures and decided, no, we're not going to hire you. So, you know, I mean, you never know. You no, never you know, know what's going to happen. You know, and I, you know, you're kind of torn on that deal. You, you know, one, on one hand, you've got, you've got this entity that feels like they should be able to pick and choose who, who they select as part of their team, and they've got their own set of standards, and, and you kind of have to respect that. On the other hand, you, you know, you feel like that shouldn't be the, the one thing that rules that candidate out. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, when you do confront a candidate that you've worked with and you show them something that's been on Facebook or some something you found on Google, um, what kind of reactions do you get? What are the various types of reactions? You know, it's, it's, it's what you would expect. You know, sometimes it's full denial. Sometimes it's, it's surprise um, because they think, no, that can't be me. I would, I've never had a picture taken of me. I, surely you've got the wrong person and sometimes it is and that's that's that as you mentioned earlier that's a that's a neat thing for us to kind of help them clean up their their profile their their net their worldwide web profile but um yeah you know with with um adobe photoshop somebody could put uh you know a head on somebody else's body i mean we've actually had cyber stalking and cyber identity theft it's been in the paper here in california where actually one student in high school decided he didn't like his teacher and he put her, her, uh, let's do that again. One teacher here in California put, um, start that again. One student uh, didn't like his teacher and so he put her head on somebody else's body and tried to defame her that way. So... If they say that really wasn't me, it may be true that it isn't them. What do you do in that case? You know, there's <clears throat> once again we we pretty much provide all that information and submit it to the to the opportunity and go here. Here's what we've been told. Here's the candidate. Um, we would encourage you to bring this candidate in and do a face to face, maybe one, maybe two interviews. Bring the family in, and and you make your own decision. And you know, most people have got a pretty good you can do a pretty good gut check and. And, and determine and size people up and go, you know, I, I like this person. I, I don't think they were ever on that website. I don't think they ever participated in that activity that has been alleged. Or they go, you know what, I, I kind of believe that. I kind of believe they really did that, and I don't feel comfortable bringing them into my community. So huh. ultimately it's... So, you but, know, you tell the, but you do tell the candidate first, and then oh, the candidate always. has a chance to write up something Every or time. maybe... <clears throat> 
um, write to the ISP or ask that it be taken down and say that this isn't me? I mean, do they Every do time. they do that? They must do. Does anybody like really freak out and and be in total well, you shock? Can imagine, sure. I mean, there's anytime there's something there that's that's you know not accurate, um, just like you and I would probably react. Um, yeah, they're in disbelief first. They're they're outraged and want to know what the steps that the steps that need to be taken to clean that up. And then most importantly, they're they're trying to secure an opportunity. They need to make a living. And um, how do we proceed with the opportunity that you've shared with me? So they've got kind of two tracks working. One track is they got to clean this up. The other track is what do we need to do to convince this CEO or the clinic administrator that that's not me and they really need to take a look at me right it's almost like you have to prove yourself innocent that you're guilty before you prove yourself innocent well you know i read one of your articles called medical recruiting in the age of social networking and that was um in healthcare review and i thought that was really interesting because you talked about the poneman institute and their surveys and i am a fellow at the poneman institute myself so you talked about the fact that Three-quarters of younger workers ages 18 to 30 feel that the review of social networking web web pages by a potential employer is a privacy violation. What do you say to that? You know, it's, 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 my position is if you make this information public, then, you know, all is fair in love of war. And I'm going to, I have, if you're going to put it out on the, the World Wide Web, and which is, in my opinion, a public domain it's if you put it out there then i have and i have access to it i don't have to crack codes to get into the thing i don't have to backdoor the thing it is for you mari it's for anybody else to see then i i I just have to disagree with that Uh so that's that's my position now if i'm doing something that uh you know is conniving sneaky to 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 backdoor something and, and get information that is illegal yeah absolutely they've got a position they they've got every right to to be upset but we don't, we don't perform those kind of practices. We, we literally keep it all above board. Right. And then you mentioned again in the article, and, and this was, I think, helpful for employers to know what is considered, you know, the, the Wild West here, which is basically we are in the Wild West. We're in the information age. You can look for it. You can get it for free. You can Google somebody. You can do whatever you want. But also in that study, 78% of all workers between the ages of 18 to 30 said that they believe that employers should not monitor their social networking sites on which they're active. And so that was another thing that, you know, even though they're going to put it out there for the world to see, yeah. they they don't, for some reason, they don't equate that if I put it out there, my employer is going to look at it. Well, and, and, and in my opinion, as former owner, now I obviously work for, for the Maxim family, um, you know, I probably take a little bit different position, and my position is everybody is a representative of my organization or formerly my organization. And, you know, I want to make sure that I'm putting out the best product. I want to make sure that I'm hiring people that have great integrity and people that represent my values and, and my position. And if you're on my company dime, you're using my company product, which is the, the computer, and conducting things like being on Facebook and, and, and MySpace, Right. You know, I, I think I should have, you know, I should have full access to that. Now, if you're talking about your home laptop or your home computer, yeah, that's probably a different ball game. But mm-hmm. once again, if I have access to it, it's 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 open for the whole world to see. You know, I'm going to probably make my own decisions and, and determinations. No different than, 
you know, a football player that plays for the, you know, whatever, the, the, the San Francisco 49ers, I want to make sure that I'm hiring players that are going to represent this, this, this team correctly and not go out into the, the public place and, and embarrass us and, and do things that tarnish our ability to generate the revenue we think we should be able to generate. Right. And it's important that students or, or not even just students. I mean, there's people who are thinking of changing jobs or there's layoffs. I mean, this is economy. That's a downtime of even during, you know, especially during this time when you're going to be laying off people, you want to make sure that you have the best people that you keep. Right. Well, yeah. So that's an issue. And here we are sitting at, you know, a top notch university in, in the country. And these people who are here, I mean, they want to have fun. They're regular college students, just like, you know, we could have been wild when we were young as well. And they have to really think about, even though they think that their Facebook or their MySpace is just for their friends, it's really not the truth, that it can be seen. It's out there on the Internet. Anybody can see it. What about blogging? What Mm. do you think about blogging? That's scary. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, that's, wow. That's a, uh, I mean, that's a whole different beast. That, you know, anybody can can share their opinions and their their point of views on, on, a, on a, obviously a variety of subjects. But, um, you know, we just we probably haven't we haven't delved into the the blogging piece of this thing and in, in, in terms of what candidates are saying. And although we'll we'll find some things that we'll find opinions and positions that you know may not align themselves with the opportunity that we're representing because we truly we. When we take on an opportunity, we personally visit that community, and we sit down for a day, a day and a half, with the physicians that they're going to work with or work for, and we sit down with the, the administration or the recruitment team, and we truly get into the psyche of that, of that opportunity and the folks that are, that are they're working, and we want to find out, you know, we find some opportunities that, you know, we're... You well, know, you want to have a good match, You want to have a good match. We've got I mean, five physicians here, and we're all Baptist. Right. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't have any cocktails we don't party we don't that's the kind of person that's going to fit in well with us right and right. you know we do our best to try and find somebody that is a fit and obviously you you limit that field tremendously by well even if it's something like this like if you're in a rural town and, and it's quiet and then somebody comes from uh, you know a city and they're used to going to the theater and they're used to going to you know top-notch restaurants and you know they may not be happy in a little town that there's nothing to do you know maybe in a university town yes but you may find that that isn't even a good match that no. that, that it isn't good for them you know yeah, i mean that's that's part of our background is, is find out where you know where where did you grow up do you grow up in a small community because that's what we represent a lot of and now that's not to say that somebody that was born and raised in l.a might want to get away from might, LA. Yeah, <laughs> might want might not want to get away from the graffiti and 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 the, the inability for their child to walk to the park unescorted or... Or, or having to be on a freeway for sure. hours instead of being able to drive through the country. Right. I know, I mean, I came, I grew up in Chicago area, yeah. and then my my first husband went to medical school at UVA, and we lived in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I loved it. I mean, yeah. I love being able to just drive on the country roads by Thomas Jefferson's home. I mean, I could have lived there forever. Yeah. I really could have. So, I mean, there are some real advantages to the smaller communities. Absolutely. It's and really recruited, wonderful. And I've recruited folks from, literally, from San Diego to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and from New York City to Victoria, Texas. And, yeah. You know, and, and I've recruited people from Victoria to, you know, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, <laughs> sure. People get tired of the no amenities and, 
you know, the the Mayberry RFD and, the, you know, Opie sit down the front porch. They, they you know, eventually, they go, you know, I've had enough of this. I really want to see some theater, and I want some professional sports, and I want some better restaurants. Sure. But some people just love it for life, and, and, and those are the people, obviously, that we love working with. Well, we're speaking with Van Allen, who is CEO of Timeline Recruiting, a physician recruiting firm based in Columbia, Missouri, and it's part of Maxim Healthcare Services Network of Companies. Let me ask you something. So when you've got these people that, that work for your company and obviously the Maxim Network, they, they get a lot of sensitive information. They get... Like if I were a physician and I wanted to, you know, uh, be recruiting, be recruited, and I asked you to, to look at me, I'd have to give you my social and all my sensitive information. Do you do background checks on your own people? Yeah, pretty extensive, as a matter of fact. They, um, we did it when I owned the company, and, and now being a part of Maxim. Maxim is a, an extremely large organization, a wonderful organization, but, uh, you know, they hire... I mean, thousands and thousands of folks, and you have to go through their, you know, you go through their online background check, and and um, and it, it's it's crazy because there's so many, you know, I meet folks in the community, and they say, hey, are you hiring? And of course, yeah, sure, we're always hiring, and and I tell them to go meet with some folks up at the office, and they have to do this, and they're they're clean cut, they're all American, they're, I mean, they're they look like the perfect fit, they're outgoing, they're um, you know the type A type person that we need, and and they don't volunteer any information to me, and then, you know, unbeknownst to me, I find out that they got disqualified because of something in their past, whether it was stealing or... Um, they have some criminal background. Yeah, criminal background information or, you know, 3 yeah, DWIs or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So we, I mean, you we, know, we do our about best security, to hire people. Yeah, I was going to say, we hear about security breaches from, you know, from even, uh, you know, places online, you know, online... Uh, employment agencies. We've heard about those, and I won't mention the names, but we, those have been in some of the major breaches. And, you know, it's pretty scary when you're trying to apply for a job and you give all that sensitive information, inclu- including your social, and then that isn't taken care of. So I think that's another issue that, you know, we have to practice what we preach Absolutely. as well. And we're sensitive. We're, I mean, you know, I've got a lot of, you know, I've got a lot. Of, I mean, they're all young professionals that, that come on board. It's, you know, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty intense job i mean they they come in and they as we say smile and dial and they bang the phones from seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night trying to source candidates for an opportunity that nobody's ever heard of nobody's ever heard of making missouri nobody wakes up in the morning and says god i want to go live in hayes kansas <laughs> although hayes kansas is a great community nobody wakes up and says honey wouldn't you love to go live in hayes right. because nobody's thought about hayes so they right. that's our job is to expose these communities and put them on a national stage so that so that more people um hear about these, these, these communities that obviously aren't San Diego and San Fran and Dallas and other towns. So um, yeah. we, we do a lot of training with, with the young staff, and, and obviously we really you know, poured into their head that, hey, this is really highly sensitive information, everything, not just, I mean, not just the social, but you know, where they're currently working. There's, most candidates are working, and they're gainfully employed. And right. can you People, imagine if I doctors. just called the... Called the clinic they're working, say, yeah, can I talk to Dr. Jones? This is Van Allen over at Timeline Recruiting. He's he's interviewing with me. <laughs> I mean, it would just be death. It would it would sure. destroy my reputation with the candidate, and it'd be a nightmare. And, so and there's it, a lot of privacy yeah. considerations, Absolutely. you know, all over the place. Have you ever faced a, a legal challenge by anyone who believed that what you were doing was a violation of their privacy, their legally? We never have. 
And I think it's because, God, I, I think it's just because the information well, that we them. get. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. tell them. We say, here, you need to fill this signature release form. You've got to provide all this personal data on, on yourself. And, and then we're going to actually perform this background check. Just want to give you a heads up so they know it's coming. And then when we, if and when we do find something that is, is you know, negative in nature, we call and we confront them on it, give them the opportunity to defend themselves. And, I mean, it's... It's transparent. Yeah, it really is. And it's not, we're not, as I mentioned earlier, we don't, uh, we don't handpick who we're going to do this background check on. Everybody gets it. Yeah. Do they, so they know ahead of time, look, we're going to look at websites, we're going to look mm-hmm. everywhere. Just be, just be aware that, yeah. that everything's game. Do they know that? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of these communities, um, well, the, the compensation is, is almost like a loan. It's, it's called a net income guarantee. And it's, it's kind of a fancy way of saying it's a loan, but it's not through a bank. It's the hospital basically advancing funds. And as they collect funds, it goes against the money they've advanced, almost like a draw. And you can imagine a hospital obviously doesn't want to loan 200,000, 300,000 to somebody who's got a bankruptcy. Right. Um, so we right. you know, scary. We've, yeah, so we've got to conduct financial background checks and that doesn't rule you out if you've got a bankruptcy, but you know, we've got to share that with the uh, the opportunity and say, look, I just want to give you a heads up. He did have a bankruptcy or she did have a bankruptcy in 1993. Right. You know, right. what do you want to do with this? He's a great doc, uh, everybody loves him. He's uh, he's a great technician. He's got great bedside manner. He's the the, the staff loves him. It's your call. You know, the ball's in your court. Right. I want to get back to where you said you look at the retail things, um, you know, the buying. H- how do you do that? You know, I mean, I've it got just some seems really creative staff. Well, you know, like, there are certain issues about, like, you're not supposed to look at somebody's, um, you know, their, their purchasing uh, or their, their library records. Remember that whole thing with yeah, Monica absolutely. Lewinsky? Yeah. So, I mean, buying books is kind of like that. I mean, it, I mean it's kind of scary if, if somebody <clears> looks at, at my, and I kind of worry about this, like what if somebody would try and track, which they can do now, they can track where I go on the Internet. And let's say that my, our grandson who lives with us, he just got out of the Air Force, let's say he was using my computer and he went to websites that I don't go to. And and it might look like it was me, but it's really yeah. not me. But it's it's my, I you know it's my address, my well, IP address. Right. Do you know what I mean? I understand. And and once again, we give that candidate the opportunity to defend themselves and and um, and, and make their case, and then we share that you know share that position with the uh, with the opportunity and and let them make the call. It's we're in kind of a precarious position when you really think about it because we're nothing more than the the facilitator of information, and ultimately we don't hire, so we, we provide as much information, detailed information as we possibly can to that opportunity so that they can make a well-informed decision and feel like they've made the right decision. They don't do it every time, and it's not just because of background. It could be, you know, the physician seemed like they wanted to see 35 patients a day. When they showed up at their doorstep, they only wanted to see 15, which doesn't cover the bills. It doesn't right, cover the, right. You know. And maybe the person has a really nasty personality. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there could be other to... things. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why we get professional references and, you know, friends so that I can. And we've got ways of asking questions to those folks that, um, you know, that elicit the information that we need. And it's, you know, once again, the background department does that. And, 
And sometimes we uncover things even through their professional references, which they feel. I mean, if I asked you for five professional references, you're going to give me the best. Absolutely. You're not going to give me somebody who doesn't like you, somebody who's going to say no words of you. So physicians do the same thing. They give us five, ten, twelve. And amazingly enough, we'll get on the phone and they'll go, wow, glad you called me. And and they just unload on the candidate. Uh And so... um, you know, sometimes you can't even, I guess, trust the uh, trust the closest friends you've got to say good things about you. Yeah. But, Is there uh, a difference that you notice, like the reactions of candidates based on age or sex or social demographic, you know, social demographic factors in terms of how they react to the online searches? No. You know, we certainly don't either <clears throat> because we've got... Um, because we do a background check on everybody, but... Um, but, I mean, the reaction. Yeah. What might it be different from certain age levels? I would think that older people who, like you and I, who didn't grow up with Facebook when we were in high school, you know? That and probably don't have a page. And probably yeah, don't have a profile, true. you know? That's true. You know, I mean, I don't know if you... I don't have one. And, no, but everybody know. tells me I should have one, but I don't. But <laughs> I, I have three websites, page. you know? Well, there you go. And I've got, you know, I've got a couple of those. But, yeah. Uh, but it's, I, you know, once you, once I'm talking to a physician that's probably, you know, 42, 45 plus, I'm probably, you know, in the last 8, 10 years, they probably are not participating in, in those types of sites. And then you've got, you know, so you're talking about the that demographic that's probably 30 to 38 years old right now. And those are the folks that, if they participated, that would be the age group that, uh, that, that you know, that, right, uh, that, right. Has, that has their name out there. So let's talk. We have about five minutes left. Let's talk about some advice you have for job seekers because we have a lot of students that will be graduating this year. They're, you know, graduating from medical school. We have a medical school on campus here at the University of California. So what are some of the pieces of advice that you can give them? Well, there's, you know, some of the advice I would probably suggest is, A, do your own background check on yourself is, mm-hmm. is take a look at what may be out there on you and give yourself the opportunity to clean it up if there's something on there that's that's obviously not accurate or maybe it is accurate and you still don't want it out there right. um, so know, let's way. let's kind of bullet point for them they can get their credit report for free at annualcreditreport.com that's one good thing yep they can um, you know there's 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 companies that do the criminal background checks and they can they can literally get online and 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 submit their information, pay 25 bucks, and have that person do a, a background check on them. They can and go to choicepoint.com, which, it, which they can get that, and they can also get their free public record search at choicetrust.com. They can do that, and then they can do a Google search, right? Absolutely. I mean, take a look at, uh, at what's being said about you and what's being posted about you. And then, obviously, if we rewind, you know, four years prior to that is be careful. You know, just don't. You know, as there's nothing as permanent as a picture on that on that web. It's as permanent as the tattoo that's on my left shoulder. Right. You know, it it doesn't wash off. And uh, even though my mom wanted me to wash that off, it didn't wash off. And the same thing is true for the information that you put out on the web. Is be extremely cautious and be careful, diligent when you're at parties, when the cameras are clicking. What are you going to use that for? Um, and know. I guess when they do that Google search, they should take down whatever they can before they even start their job oh, search. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Leave yeah. the good stuff on there and take the bad stuff off. 
you know, one of the things that I've been doing recently, I've mentioned on the show before, but I have a Google, there's a Google alert you can do. So I put my name in parenthesis every way that my name might be up there, both personally and professionally. So I'll put in quotation out quotation marks, Mari J. Frank, Mari Frank, Mari Frank attorney, all that. And I put that out there and then I get alerts whenever my name appears in a newspaper article or anything on the internet. And that might be a really good thing for people to do. Even your business name, like you could even put up for you, you know, you could put up there not only Van Allen, but you could put Van Allen CEO, you could put timeline recruiting, you could put Maxim Healthcare, and just see if there's any blogging, because it even tells you when there's blogging. Wow. Yeah. And sure. we have about two more, what Lloyd yeah. says, two more minutes. What what kind of advice do you have for the companies out there that are hiring? It doesn't matter if they're a medical or a hospital. It's the same issue. So yeah, what I kind would, of issues do you tell them to do? You know, large or small. We're obviously kind of a, a you know, a mid to large company, and you know, I would encourage any company, whether it's a it's a one man shop or a you know hundred plus employees like us with uh, right here in Columbia, is, is make sure you take the time, slow down, and and not place physicians or any professional that you haven't done your background check, that you haven't done your due diligence on that candidate, and take the extra time, take the extra minute to make sure that you're providing candidates that you would want working for you personally, and um, if they don't cut the mustard for you, they probably shouldn't be cutting the mustard for somebody you're representing. Right. And use a reputable company. You better, like, yeah. you know, do your research on whatever recruiting company you use, too, to make sure that they're uh, following the law and that they're doing, like, what you're doing, which is being transparent with the recruiting yeah. uh, people that they're doing. Do you want to give your website as well, Van? Yeah, it's www.tlrec, Echo Charlie, the timeline of recruiting. It's tlrec.com. And uh, it's a great website. It's a great tool, especially for young physicians, both in medical school and residency. It's got everything from interview tips to how to evaluate opportunities, how to evaluate contracts and agreements. And it's it's just a good resource for uh, for young physicians. So. so, yeah, so you do. And you probably, do you have some of your articles up there as yeah, well? Yeah, there should be. They most, I think they post most of them on there as quickly as possible. And, and then I get out and do a lot of speaking, especially to, you know, a lot of times to residency programs and folks ask me to come in and, you know, residents are so busy with, with the rotations and, and, and just learn to be a physician that they right. don't have time and learn. Nobody teaches them how to evaluate opportunities and the kind of questions you should ask on in an interview to, right. to ascertain the right information. And so I go in and do a lot of speaking engagements to, uh, to you know, to programs and so they bring can... in a bunch of sandwiches and we eat and talk. And I think it's probably very similar for doctors, lawyers, accountants, everything. So yeah. we will make sure that they go to your That'd website. And uh, we thank you very much for joining us, Van. All right, Mark. Good evening. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Good night. Okay, You've been bye-bye. listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, your host. And we have just been li- listening to Van Allen, who is CEO of a recruiting company. Thank you very much for joining us. Go to KUCI.org slash privacy piracy and see our upcoming guests, download podcasts, and listen to our archived interviews. Thank you. See you next week, 5 to 6. Wednesday. Bye. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.